right. Um, so start things off for this week's episode. Checking in, um, and by the time people listen to this, um, things have changed. The the NL East uh, changes quickly, it seems like. But I, I've been dying to ask for the last few weeks. The Nationals, I know you're a big baseball guy, and you've been following them uh, since living there in town. Um, my, my sense of it, start off the season, people were predicting them to go back to the World Series, or, or at least to the playoffs, I should say. Um, where, where are things at with your uh, love affair with the Nats? <laughs> yeah, uh, it's interesting because um, you're right. Uh, but it, it was kind of an unspoken thing, at least around town. Because last year, it was World Series or bust, in the infamous words of Davey Johnson. Uh, and it was bust. And so this year, they came in with a better team on paper uh, than they had last year. But the reality of what happened the year before was still very apparent. So people were sort of just cautious, finally, uh, uh, rightly, about about what's going to happen. Because it's baseball, and who knows? Um, every, any given year, it seems, there's a team that comes out of nowhere um, – to compete last year was the Baltimore Orioles, you know, the devil rays seem to do it every three years. Um, and so, uh, I think that, uh, the beginning of the year was, uh, pretty disappointing, even with those tempered expectations. Uh, the team was basically playing 500 baseball, couldn't get off the snide against the Braves, our, our enemy number one. Um, then, uh, just recently in the last couple of weeks, they've really picked it up. They had like a six game winning streak and, um, actually took over first place from the Braves. Um, and now they're kind of going back and forth a little bit. There's a big series, uh, coming up, uh, uh, in the week over the weekend. I don't know when this podcast is going to air. Um, so it's either happened or it's happened. Never. Now. It's never going to air. This it's is never for gonna personal air. use. I'm just going <laughs> to so, listen to this. Yeah. Four games against the Braves at home. Uh, and it, I think it's the last time they play them until September when uh, it'll be the stretch run. So um, it's going to be a big, a big series and definitely a test for the team. They're almost back to full strength. Bryce is going to come back probably in July. Um, but other than that, they're, they're good. Their rotation has come together. Doug Fister, the big off season acquisition is their fourth starter. And he's like six and two, um, which has been awesome to see. So is he from um, Detroit? Yep. Yeah. That's yeah. Right. Yep. And the other team, yeah, my, my new home team, uh, will be the Royals and they're the hottest team in the league. Uh, right. as of today, I think they've won 11 straight games and are in first place in the, uh, in the AL central for the first time after 70 games since 1980, in my my entire life, they have never been in first place at this point in the season. And, uh, so that's pretty fun to see too. That is exciting. Now, full disclosure. Well, first of all, let me give my in-depth analysis of the Cubs season so far. (laughs) Bad, bad. Yeah. Yeah. Typical. Um, now, uh, back to our regularly scheduled <laughs> program. Um, I, typically, the uh, the AL Central, I you know, in my mind, because because the Chicago White Sox are in it, it doesn't even exist as a division. Um, the the only team I hate more than the St. Louis Cardinals is the Chicago White Sox, and that's primarily because most White Sox fans are um, some of the most obnoxious human beings that have ever graced 
this this fine planet of ours uh you know uh, you're saying was, you don't you don't enjoy going to games at the cell <laughs> cell block 35 <laughs> on the south it. side or whatever it is yeah yeah it's on it's on 35th street so we call it cell block 35 <laughs> it is the ugliest worst stadium i've ever been to in my now, entire see, life i as you know i'm nothing if not a man of integrity and honor when it comes to food and they have delicious food at that place. I've been to Cubs Sox games there, but in terms of what franchise I would want to be affiliated with the least, it would be Chicago White Sox. Um, <laughs> I would rather be ooh, ooh. I was going to say something. I don't know if it's true. I was almost going to say I'd rather be a Miami Heat fan. Um, that would be a toss-up for us. But I'm just telling you, the, the part of the problem is for those who aren't from Chicago and just assume. Um, Oh, it's Chicago, and I'm kind of a fan of both teams, or you know, any of that nonsense. No, it's it like Mets fans aren't Yankees fans, and Clippers fans aren't uh, Lakers, you know, or whatever the, whatever city you have a couple teams in. Um, all I can say is the, the the Chicago White Sox won the World Series in 2005, and that there was the same amount of people who showed up to that rally as there would be for like a. Um, blues traveler concert at your local county fair <laughs> nobody cares if the cubs if the cubs ever win it, you will see just how much of a cub city chicago is i mean it's ridiculous so that well, if, the, if the cubs if the cubs ever win you know the 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 flying pigs will be uh causing jetliners to crash yeah, into all I mean, of Let's my, not even – why are we even dealing with that hypothetical? My, I remember – I think it was my younger brother, Andrew, who said – this was a few years ago, and you'll understand why when I say the reference. But he's like uh, – he's like, if the Cubs win this season, everything that was predicted in the movie Day After Tomorrow is going to happen. Remember that Jake Gyllenhaal, <laughs> like Dick Cheney causes global warming film with Randy Quaid or whatever from a few yeah, years ago? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so anyway, uh, baseball season. I, I'm baseball is my favorite sport. I've actually followed it the least since moving to LA. Um, uh, you see, now you have the experience of moving around a lot in your life, and I think you've you've gotten good at adapting to a new city, uh, still following the teams that you liked uh, elsewhere, but but kind of staying on top of that. I've been very bad um, about keeping keeping up to date on everything that the Cubs are doing. And certainly I, I couldn't give two craps about the Dodgers or the Angels. Um, but I realized last weekend while sitting with some friends down in Manhattan Beach uh, talking about baseball and everything that, uh, like, it's so easy to get Dodgers tickets. And, like, you know, going to a Cubs game is a big ordeal. It's expensive. You, you know, either you got to know somebody or you're going to spend a bunch of money. You could – you could literally log roll into Dodger Stadium and they would just wave you through. Like nobody cares at all what's going on there. Um, so that is nice. And, if, and it's made me – the reason I bring it up is just because I, I, I'm here. I, I want to watch more baseball. The, you can get super cheap like $6 tickets on certain nights. And I'm, I, I want to go more this summer. It's, it's not too far of a hike. And some 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 of some of that is due to the necessity of wearing riot gear to get back to your car. Yes, right? you do. You do have to stick to the tree line as, <laughs> as you're heading back to the car to avoid uh, casualties. But um, but yeah, I don't know. So the, the nasty naps. I again, as we talk about every episode, 
I get way too much Washington D.C. sports news from from Tony Kornheiser's <laughs> show, but it, it's made me interested, and I like some of the drama, and I like that uh, you guys, you know, Davy Johnson went all in last year, and it didn't work out, and I'm excited to see. I I, I have no ill will towards towards the Washington Nationals, and I think it is. Um, it's. I'm a very nostalgic guy, and the fact that baseball is being played back in our nationals capital after all that time, I think that's a good thing. I'm, I'm with Charles Krauthammer on that one. Yeah, no, it's it is a good thing, and uh, and it's been really fun, and the and the city has really rallied around the team. I mean, it's a great atmosphere at the park, and um, they they pay attention. I, I won't say you know this is a Redskins town first yeah, and foremost, sure. and it always will be, but um, they're they're there, they're supporting the team. So do you ever cool. do you follow? Um, Jeff Poor on on Twitter. No, I don't think so. You should follow him, Jeff underscore Poor. He used to be at Daily Caller, and now he's at um, uh, Breitbart TV, I think. And and he does a lot of the the media. You know, he he he's the guy in charge of a lot of the um, uh, audio and video clips that they put up, and pulling things off different shows and monitoring all the um, talk shows and and TV and all that kind of stuff. But anyway, he's a big Braves fan, and it is pretty funny to follow his Twitter feed. Cause he watches like every baseball game everywhere, every day. Uh, I don't know how he gets work done, but he, he, he's, he has some, um, very, uh, pithy, um, biting commentary about Nats fans. And so I've just been, Oh, I would, I, I would encourage you to check it out. I'd love to see you guys mix it up. Of course, in a friendly way, uh, we're, we at the RJ Muller show always encourage, uh, congeniality, but, um, <laughs> but it's, it is funny. So anyway, let's moving on here. One thing I wanted to get to quickly before we hit a couple of, uh, pop culture stories. Um, so the, the car thing, my car is dead. Uh, I, I, dr- I drive a 1999 Dodge Intrepid. Um, it, yes, it is a sweet ride and I call it, uh, <laughs> it's, it's silver, uh, grayish color. I call it the, the iron lady. And she has served me well for for many years. I bought her right before starting seminary and thinking that it would be uh, just a year or two used car and then I'd get something else. And now it's, you know, six, seven years later and she's on her last legs. There's 150,000 miles on her. Uh, Intrepids are notorious for just literally falling apart after 100,000 miles. And so I'm I've squeezed a lot of life out of this car. But um, the other day, now correct me if I'm wrong, I don't think the bolts on your tires are supposed to just fall off as you're driving, <laughs> right, unexpectedly, after yeah, getting an oil change? That's not, uh, that's not the factory warranty uh, kind of thing, no. Yeah, well, yeah. I was, I mean, well, the, the nice thing is I was only going about 80 miles an hour on, <laughs> on uh, the 5 freeway uh, up in Burbank when that happened, so it only sounded like someone had, sh- you know, Lee Harvey Oswald had shot my tires out from above. <laughs> But um, so now I'm in the market for this new car. And I have to say, I have never people that know. Well, Eric and, and people that know me would, would, would not this. What I'm about to say would not be a stretch, but I'm, I'm a pretty simple, no frills kind of guy. I don't need fancy things, fancy clothing. Um, uh, I barely shave most of the time. But all I've ever wanted in my life is a, is a new car. I've only oh. ever driven used cars. I've only ever driven cars that suck, that require all this maintenance, that are a headache. And I've, you know, like uh, whenever they do like a picture of a little kid praying with his mom next to their bed at night, like <laughs> I would pray for a new car and still do. And now we're at the position 
where uh, with the company, we need we need a company car. We, we travel a lot um, on the West Coast here. We're always renting cars. And so we're like, let's just let's get a company car. It'll be for the company. We'll drive, you know, we'll drive to our events, um, meetings, that sort of thing. And so technically it isn't my car that we're looking for, but I'm going to be the primary user of it as the CEO of the company and the person who goes to the, the meetings and all that kind of stuff. I, I can't sleep. I'm so excited. Like, I, <laughs> That's I can't, awesome. I can't eat. I can't sleep. It's all I think <laughs> about. I've, I've looked at every website ever created by humans since Al Gore invented the internet <laughs> about cars. Um, I think, I, I think we're going to go with, uh, something simple like a Camry hybrid, um, and just go for gas mileage and reliability. But I just, I, I don't know if you've had that experience, but I mean, every car I've ever owned has been used. It's always eventually just crashed, broken down, been horrible. It's always been a nightmare in the end. Have you ever just gone and gotten a new car? And if so, what is that experience like? Well, uh, it's a great question. And the answer is no, I haven't. Um, because, uh, uh, I am uh, cheap, and uh, at least when it comes to to things like cars. And I have lived in places like L.A. and D.C. where every time I go out to my car, there's a new uh, beauty mark from some idiot who couldn't parallel park correctly. Oh, oh, my car, the the uh, the Iron Lady, the aforementioned Iron Lady, is ridden with LA love caps. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Uh, and of course they always leave a note, right. And their insurance information. So yeah. And they, and they actually, they wait for you and they bake you, you know, cookies and muffins right. and yeah. one of them. Well, and, and, and the truth is I'm, I'm, I'm a pretty aggressive driver and, uh, sometimes these things happen and it's my fault. And I, and I just know if I got a new car, I'd be the guy with those douchey bumper rubber bumper guards that you can put out. And I, I, you know, I'd park like on the other side of the lot, taking up two spaces, uh, and everyone would hate me around your car. Yeah, exactly. So now I, I tend to just go with like reliable and used, uh, whenever we get a new car and I've made some really stupid financial decisions when it comes to cars, even doing that. But, um, do you remember your first car? What the first car? Oh yeah. My first car is probably still the best car I ever had. I got, uh, it was my, after my freshman year of college i bought a 98 acura integra uh hatchback Ooh. uh with uh with like sixty thousand miles on it yeah i loved that car i there are days i still wish i had that car with the little spoiler silver with the little spoiler you still see them all over um uh yeah i love Were you that planning car. on starring in fast too fast too furious <laughs> Something like that. I was a baller. What can I say? Uh, I was. Uh, it didn't help me get girls, but uh, <laughs> oh well. Uh, well I, 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 my first car was in high school, and it was a um, what I like to c- call a dog poop brown Chevy Celebrity. Which, <laughs> if you don't know what a Chevy Celebrity is, there's I a don't. reason. There's a reason yeah. you don't know what that is. But um, it, it lasted me. I think about a year, and then just like Fred Flintstone car, just the tires fell off and, and it was over. But, um, the, the best car I ever owned was during college. My grandpa, before my senior year, um, my mom's dad down in Tennessee, uh, before he passed away, basically gave me, um, his old baby blue Cadillac. It was like a 93 or 94, like fully loaded for the time, 
uh, fully loaded uh, baby blue Cadillac with not a lot of mileage on it. Wow. And wow. it had great pickup on it. It was, you know, it's like a boat. It's a Cadillac. It's this huge awesome. thing. Which yeah. for me, even there, then when I was about 75 pounds lighter, I was still a big guy. And it was the perfect, like, big car for me and driving around campus uh the ladies loved it of course <laughs> and one night after like six months of owning this my roommates i see i was always the guy if people needed to borrow my car i didn't make a big deal out of it if i wasn't using it it's like put some gas in it fine um, i know some people are very protective and some people yeah. rightly so because they've had bad experiences but i was always like hey if you need to run to the store or something whatever and two of my roommates that were twin brothers uh, went, took it to the store and came back and they're like, oh, your car's acting weird. And I was like, well, it wasn't acting weird 45 minutes ago. And, uh, finally I got it out of them that they were, had been like drag racing other people and essentially, like, blew out my transmission. Oh my gosh. And that was it for the car. Um, and that was like the, the best six months of my life though. I had a what, comfortable. What, what happened with that? Did you, did they pay? No. Well, See, that's the other thing, too, is because I've never owned anything nice, I don't really take anything like that too seriously because I had gotten the car for free, essentially. So I was like, "What? I don't know. What am I going to charge people for something I didn't pay for? But I definitely – I mean, I've never, I've never spoken to those people ever again. Uh, so I, well, I paid I guess them back. That is punishment in and of itself. Yeah, I mean, they, they don't get the pleasure <laughs> of my company. And I that's said, big of you. I would be – supremely pissed off if I, that happened to me i said good day and i walked away <laughs> well I, I slapped them with my with my um my gloves like those old white gloves in the, in the <laughs> like a frenchman i slapped them across the face so you're gonna get a camry you think i like that choice that's a good reliable basically if you look through the annals of car history as it sounds like you've done for the last 15 years it's either honda accord or toyota camry like you just can't go wrong buying one of those two cars and save your money. You're good. Yeah, when well, I've it's I every car guy that I've spoken to, like a lot of my friends who, you know, like built their own Audi or whatever, you know, like crazy car guys, all of them that I've asked, everybody's been like yeah, a, a Camry or a Accord. And and it's yeah. interesting um maybe a topic for another day and probably one actually now that I'm saying it, I'm not qualified to speak on but it is just interesting as an, a young american who appreciates pop culture who loves shows like mad men that d delve deep into uh cultural iconic things it is just funny that like all of these asian companies are now what everyone drives and my grandpa the late homer moeller um refused to drive anything you know made <laughs> in Japan or made in certain countries because he was of the world war two generation and he bought American and all that stuff. And now, I mean, it, all the best cars are coming else from elsewhere. Yeah, that's kind of true. But, um, what does that even mean anymore? I mean, really, what, yeah. you know, I'm pretty sure that Toyota has plants where they build cars in America and, and that Honda probably does too. And Kia does. And, you know, all, all these companies do what, so, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what that even means. I think car companies these days are so global that yeah. um, you really don't even know. Uh, I guess the history there is something, but yeah, people, people. If you're going to spend that much money, you want a car that you know you can rely on. And I think people have been burned by. My grandfather worked for GM for like 30 years. Oh wow! And he's, and he's still with us, and so we still get uh, his discount if you buy a GM. Unfortunately for our family, it's like. 
Yeah, but then you have to drive a GM. <laughs> you have to own. <laughs> and you have car. to own one of those cars, and unfortunately, I think they're getting better. I, I don't know. You look at the reports, and they say that like the um, what is it? The Malibu is apparently a decent car now, and I've heard that uh, Ford is making some really good cars now. But I don't know. On the whole, uh, if you just look at like we said, the last couple decades the reliability the resale value uh of of those uh asian car companies is just hard to overlook now if people are listening if anyone's still listening to this conversation um we'll be back next week with more car talk so don't worry we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna deep we're gonna dive deep into the discussion about a hemi engine which i, I think we know. uh yeah i don't know what that means but we should uh we should probably uh put some puzzlers in our podcast at some point. Yeah. Some Easter eggs yeah, some exactly. hints for future episodes. Um, exactly. Uh, all right. So a couple of stories I wanted to hit very, let's hit these quick each just a minute or two. The Mila, Mila Kunis thing. She's pregnant. She went on Jimmy Kimmel and she, she had this kind of funny bit about uh, the difference between, um, uh, you know, when, 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 a, when a husband or, a, or a, uh, when the guy says, oh, we're, we, we are pregnant about him and his wife. And, and she went on a little rant saying, you know, no, I'm pregnant. I'm the one throwing up uh, with morning sickness. I'm the one who, you know, all this kind of stuff. And it was funny. And then uh, I actually saw on multiple sites people just pointing out the fact that it is a mother's natural reaction. And I don't know Mila Kunis's politics. I assume they're like most people in Hollywood's. Um, but it is, I, maybe it's a little thing, but I just, I love instances like this where people reveal what we all know that that thing growing inside of you is a life. Yeah. Yeah. I read Ashley's piece and, uh, and I get it. Okay. That's kind of cool. But she also called it, um, your little love goblin living inside of me. So, <laughs> you know, true. I'm not going to read that's like true. too much. No, into exactly. Yeah. This. this shouldn't be the, uh, if you were a lawyer, this wouldn't be, you know, your only piece of evidence. Right. That, yeah. Uh, that people naturally know this, but it is true. I mean, people talk about the baby and, and, um, what was that really sad story? Was it Lacey Peterson about 10 years ago, whose husband killed her and the baby inside of her and he got tried for the double murder in California. Um, I mean, there's stories like that. And yeah. obviously that's a much more gruesome example than Mila Kunis on Jimmy Kimmel. But you just see the range of things here, whether it's in you know, the court of law um, in, in a double homicide case or just um, people goofing around on the Jimmy Kimmel show. And when you're talking about uh, it's, it's a baby. And, and yeah. who would know that more than uh, a mother who has just an unparalleled connection to that baby that's inside of her? Yeah, exactly. And I just, it's like, it's like Dennis Prager always says, you have to go to grad school to be, to say something so dumb as that, that, <laughs> isn't, a, that it isn't a life. Amen. And yeah, that's, that's awesome. one of the things I love about Chesterton too. Chesterton wrote in his book, Eugenics and Other Evils, which, you know, was in, I think like 1918 or something. And he predicted so much of what the 20th century and 21st would hold about abortions and euthanasia and all this stuff. And he's like, you, you know, you had to have gone to the finest schools in England to think this foolishly about it. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right. So Mila Kunis, uh, other than the love goblin, good for her. Um, so Dan Marino, Dan Marino's joined the lawsuit here. The NFL is being sued. It's been, it's, I think this has been going on for now four or five years. Ex-players saying that they knew that the NFL withheld information about how um, brain injuries work, which even just that sentence, like, 
if you had a brain injury, you needed the NFL to tell you that that was a big deal? Like, I don't know. I, I know that's more complicated than that, but I'm of the opinion, um, and maybe this is just that male chauvinistic pig inside of me who grew up playing football, eat, sleep, breathe football my entire life until college. Um, I knew I knew it was a dangerous, violent sport when I was five years old and started playing peewee, and my mom knew it. Um, now, thankfully, I was the biggest kid every step of the way, so it didn't matter as much. But well, that's just because you were held back. But yeah. we'll, we'll have a look. <laughs> All right, I, so I was eighteen. <laughs> I was eighteen playing Pop Warner. But um, Dan Marino joining the lawsuits here is a big deal because he's the biggest name. Uh, behind all of this, but the only thing, my only thoughts on this, and, and jump in um, and add yours, Eric, but this dude has made, his his adult life, his entire adult life has been NFL-related. He's been an ambassador of the game. He's, uh, you know, was probably the most prolific individual passer until I think uh, was it Brett Favre and some other guys have broken his records now. But for many years, for 20 years, he was the standard bearer of individually what it meant to be a quarterback in Excel. And then afterwards for a decade or more has been uh, a broadcaster, you know, speaker, everything he has in his life um, uh, has come. The catalyst has been being a part of the NFL. And I just thought it, it's worth noting all of that when you put in consideration, he just got fired from his job at CBS and then jumps on board this lawsuit. And at the same time is asking for a job from the Miami Dolphins, he wants to be in the front office there. Oh, does he really? Yeah. That's awesome. So, well, I'll, I'll say this, and this is my only comment. Uh, I think Dan Marino should have the NFL pay for the traumatic brain injuries he suffered as a result of playing their games. Um, but only if Dan Marino is going to pay me for the traumatic brain injuries I suffered from watching Ace Ventura Pet Detective. <laughs> when he was the one that found uh, the, guy, the, the chick's like wiener that she was <laughs> Finkel is Einhorn, Einhorn is Finkel. Wow, did you just did you just pull that out? Oh, absolutely. I just watched I, after what after reading this story and sending you the link, I went on YouTube to watch that scene from Ace Ventura. <laughs> Courtney Cox is in that movie, and so is the rapper Tone Loke. All right, I don't know who Tone Loke is. He, he's that um uh he's that that 90s rap song Wild Thing. Could you uh, hum a few bars? No, I, I, I refuse to. I'll send, you a, I'll send you a link to that. But anyway, yes, Dan Marino is, is the uh, acclaimed star of the, of the, of the silver screen in, in Ace Ventura. But, I mean, am I wrong here? The dude has made his entire life, been a part of this, been a, a proponent, has gone and spoken at colleges and high schools and encouraged people to play the game as they've expanded around the world. And they want to try, you know, NFL Europe and all this different stuff that he's been a part of. And now it's like... He's suing those people while asking for a job back in an NFL. It just seems, I don't know, it seems like a conflict of interest somewhat or that his his testimony, quote-unquote, here is a little, what, what are we doing? And I guess part of me thinks, yeah. okay, is he just putting his name behind this to help out other players because he knows with a high-profile profile guy they might get more money? Or is he saying, I'm pissed that the NFL has turned its back on me, right? I mean, I don't know. It seems maybe I'm reading too much into it. No, yeah, I think you're right. I mean, just imagine if if you if you were a McDonald's uh, uh, burger flipper who worked at McDonald's for 15 years and ate all their food, and uh, uh, and then you sued McDonald's for having saturated fats and 
heart disease causing things or whatever, um, while simultaneously petitioning for a job to, to be Ronald McDonald mascot or something. I mean, it's just like, yeah, you yeah. are, what? you were part I mean, of the pick, pick a side. Yeah. Pick a side. Yeah, exactly. And, and yeah. I'm all for, I, I mean, I guess it always comes down to if people withheld information, if people knowingly lied about things, yes, I understand there's going to be litigation. Um, yeah, I guess, but I mean, Hello, like what? What did you think was going to happen if a 320-pound linebacker punched you in the head with his helmet 15 times in a year? I mean, that's nothing. You're good. Don't worry about it. And isn't I mean, part of it's it's not just that they part of being a professional athlete, especially in a sport like that, that's that high contact and violent and whatever. It's not just that your talents are getting you there. It's that you're willing and choosing to pursue these things. Like you were saying, I'm willing to put that risk, uh, factor that in. Um, my talents, I'm part of the 0.0001% of humans, of Americans, that get a, get to a chance to do something like this. Um, and, and guys give anything they can to be a part of it. And, yes, it is sad. Of course, these stories of Junior Seau and the ex-Chicago Bear Dave Duerson and others that have um, – uh, gone kind of crazy and, and committed suicide and stuff. And, and Junior Seau um, shot himself in the chest and left a note saying, you can study my brain to see if me playing football uh, caused the brain injury that caused me to become depressed and crazy. I, I don't know. The brain is such a unique, precious, uh, delicate thing. I understand all of that. But um, if the point is just to get more information, you know, if, if all people are saying is we just want folks to know the facts of all of this stuff and maybe get a little money set aside to help those that played in the earlier days that didn't get the contracts the guys get now, I'm, I'm fine with all of that up to a certain point. But I just feel like where this is going is more of the PC progressive nanny state stuff, um, which I know even saying all of that can, has become a cliche. But it's like you hear even guys like Michael Wilbon, who, who who's adult career has been uh as a sports writer has been covering the nfl and the redskins and whatever and loves the chicago bears and on pti and things like that he's always saying you know maybe maybe football is done maybe it's time it's too violent and they just uh they need to start playing basically seven on seven with no pads so people won't hurt each other i mean it's just what are we talking it's football like people choose to play it and and i I just hate that this kind of thing adds more fuel to that fire of banning uh you know, anything that has risk involved um, uh, and that people are choosing knowingly, willingly adult males are choosing to go and play this. Well, I have a solution. Uh, all of these young, talented athletes can start playing soccer. Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. I hadn't even thought about that. I mean, really, imagine if every young person who dedicated their lives to playing football did the same thing with the same effort and energy for soccer. America would be a soccer powerhouse in uh, in a generation. Kevin Garnett right? in goal. Uh, yeah, or LeBron. I mean, imagine LeBron, they say imagine LeBron as a as a tight end. Imagine LeBron as a goalie. I mean, be sick. Yeah, we would never lose. That is interesting. That is interesting because every other country puts. You have Kobe who loves soccer and apparently is really good at it. Played, I think he played semi pro in Italy. Wow! Imagine if he dedicated his entire life to that. I mean, and multiply that by however many thousands of of young people are. I mean, it'd be it'd be pretty sweet. 
Yeah. But I love I love football too, so we don't need to do that. It's cool. All right, so let's close things out for this week. Um, definitely, th- this episode will be airing um, the week of I guess what would that be like the twentieth? I don't even know what day it is. It's the uh, eighteenth. Oh, sorry. So this episode will be airing the twenty third. Um, okay. So by then, I know there will be new developments, but uh, big big close us out with. I'll give you a couple of minutes. World Cup, where where are we at? How do you feel about the USA's big win? What, what what? Why should people care? Why should people watch? How do I feel? I've been dressed like Uncle Sam for the last three days. <laughs> like, uh, like Apollo Creed in Rocky Three before he gets killed by the Russian. Exactly like that. Uh, yeah, and it was awesome. Um, though the US didn't look that good. They didn't play that well uh, overall. Um, but they got a win, and that's what matters. Um, Portugal is on Sunday, and uh, uh, I think that's the 22nd, so that'll be the day before this air. So we'll see how it goes. Portugal got their butts handed to them um, in their first game by Germany, and uh, their uh, center midfielder, which is the most important position in soccer, uh, got a red card, and he's out. So um, it's an opportunity. Uh, If the U.S. is able to beat Portugal, um, we're locked to move on to round two. Uh, which is something they haven't done in the last few World Cups. And that game's um, on the 22nd? That's on Sunday evening. Yeah, if uh, uh, if they tie and then tie Germany, that'd be pretty good spot to be into. Um, so awesome. So things are looking good. What is there, besides Team USA, who is, who is most likely to win? Is it Brazil? Who's the odds on? Favorite? Yeah, Bra- I think, I don't know. Uh, Brazil's definitely... A favorite. I think uh, Germany is always a favorite. I think Spain um, uh, is a, a team that's a little bit older, but has a lot of life left. Maybe this is their kind of fa- final last gasp. Um, uh, Holland destroyed um, uh, Spain in their first game, though, and Holland was not a favorite to do that well in this tournament. But but they're always good. Um, so. Uh, you never know in this. Yeah, I mean, it's you just Who there are so time? many good teams. Uh, yeah, it was. Yep. Spain, Spain won last Spain, time. Spain well, won last time. I've been watching each day um, in the afternoons when I go uh, ride the ride the stationary bike at the gym or whatever, and um, the I, you know every World Cup I'll watch some of it. I, I give soccer a hard time, but. Uh, it is when you see when you see a great header goal or or some incredible save or something. I mean, those moments are very exciting. And I know sticking with the whole game, kind of like in hockey, which I know you don't love. And it's kind of that's, you know, your version is soccer and mine is hockey. But I, you can tell as, as you stick with it and sit there for 20 minutes and then something happens, all that buildup really does add to it. You know, it's foreplay. Yeah. We're gonna get. We're gonna be honest here. Yeah, I, I can't. I couldn't put it any better than that. Picture me on an ocean in a chest that I hollow. I picture you in slow motion somewhere in West Colorado. Well, I don't know where that place is. If I did, I would follow.